0: action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of TV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Hello slurds, welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast, I am your host Brian Wayne, and this is episode 64. In episode 64 I will be going over the books that were released on the 22nd of January 2020, as well as talking about other things relative to the world of comic books. So full disclosure, this is a spoiler based podcast, mostly overviews, not reviews, I uh, try to keep opinion out of this. I'm 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 gonna tell you about all the stuff I love. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not here to trash talk anything. I'm here to tell you about what's going on in books, get you informed. This is this is about facts, not opinions. Is the point. Um, but with that, there will be some spoilers. But I do keep timestamps in the description. So if there's something that you're not quite ready to have spoiled for you yet, then I give you the opportunity to skip ahead. And uh, yeah, there you go. So. Um, other than that, and yeah, for the the sensitive eared folk, I've been known to to drop uh, an f bomb or two. So, yeah, you've been warned. This is not quite safe for work. Sure. Without further ado, let's let's talk fucking comic books, huh? I'm gonna come right out the bat with a fucking f bomb. Uh, I'm excited right now. I really am. I think this is the first time I've had the chance to record this year where I wasn't uh, holding my head up while I'm talking to you. And if it wasn't for my love of comics and my pure excitement, and that being the adrenaline getting me through those recordings, I wouldn't have made it. Um, so, but with this, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got some, uh, coffee here. Um, yeah, I know it's the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember the last time I had a drink. Yeah, I said it. It's not all about the booze, despite the logo. It's it's about the idea, toasting the comics. So, um, I'm using coffee this time. So, uh, yes, uh, new segments, new segments. semi-new, third, third time, three time, three time, three times, speculation lottery. Think the name's sticking. Now, the idea behind this little segment—it's a. Uh, this is for the speculators out there. There is some money to be made in this industry. It's not just for the love of the art as well. It's there's yeah. People can actually get rich in comics, believe it or not. And you don't even have to be a creator to do it. You don't yeah. You can get that Brian Michael Bendis money by uh. Just knowing uh, what the next Hulk 181 is, sure let's 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 talk about that there are three different books I have on my my lottery picks this week no th- these books aren't guaranteed to get you rich obviously this is just speculating uh, if you don't know what that word is then well look that up and then come back and then you'll have a better idea of what's what's going on in this uh, and <laughs> this here segment show sure. Batman Beyond number forty uh, I guess. Spoiler, uh, Batman, I'm not going to say who it is yet, uh, because I'm going to give you the opportunity to skip ahead if that's the case, but Batwoman's, Neo-Batwoman's identity is revealed. And that's uh, that that justifies uh, issue number 25 being a big deal, issue number 37 being a big deal, and issue number 40 being a big deal. All three big deals in the Batman Beyond. Run. Dan Juergens, you've created something that people are going to want. Uh, I, I think, that, you know what, and I automatically like this character too. Especially once you find out, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to all that. We're going to get to it. Uh, a, a key that I did not pick up this week, I, I, you know, you know, from Batgirl number 43, The Maker. We got a first appearance, so this is a villain. Uh, once again, did not read it, did not pick it up, so I, I don't know anything about what's happening here, I don't know what this character looks like, but a first appearance of a villain, that's, that's always good for something. You never fucking know. You really don't. Um, and also a Marvel potential key, we, at a Guardians of the Galaxy number one, we've got the Gods of Olympus and their new powers, so... They're they're back after I, I I thought they were dead I thought that was a whole thing and then there was a Hercules thing and then uh, yeah I don't know hmm hmm I gotta remember what storyline that was was that uh, oh shit that was that was that ten week Avengers run I believe the second one not the first one No Road Home I think that was No Road Home is when the Olympian the, the yeah the Olympian gods die I I don't think I'm wrong on that I really don't. Correct me if I am at Cheers to Comics. Uh, yeah, Twitter me. I don't want to say at me. I fucking hate that phrase so much. Twitter me. Uh, tweet me. There we go. Uh, I, yeah, fucking stupid little words. I don't like them. Uh, anyway, those are the, the the three potential lottery picks that I saw happening. Now, Brian, how'd you know about Batgirl number forty three if you didn't pick up that book? Well, uh, there. I guess this is the last time I'm going to give this free plug, and it's not meant to be a plug, but I, I do get some of this information from uh, an app. Uh, the Key Collector app, I believe is what it's called. And There's a free version and a paid version. I get the paid version. I realize that most of the information that I deliver to you doesn't come from the paid version. It comes from the free version, so... Uh, I'm not saying go out and spend the $2 a month or whatever it is. But, you know, it's it, it's kind of neato. It, it helps you on, on new comic book day. It's not updated like it should be. Like I said, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not a shill for it. I'm not going to bash it either, but, it, it, yeah, it, it has its uses. It has its uses. And in this case, I'm able, able to tell you about the first appearance of a book that I didn't get to pick up. So, bam, that's speculation lottery. Uh, if you did pick up this book, good luck. If you haven't yet, and you're lucky enough to see these books on the shelves, which, to be honest, I doubt I doubt you will. Unless, you know, it's a big comic book store, and they ordered a bunch of, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, I could see that. I could still see a whole bunch of Guardians of the Galaxy being on the shelf, just because that's something, you know, a, a shop might order 40, 60, 75 of. Um, but... You know, the the Batman Beyonds and the Batgirls, there's not usually a whole lot of those ordered. Uh, so, the, the low print runs is my guess, too. That's just, that's just my guess, is all. I have no information to back that up. That's just based off of my local comic book shop's ordering habits. So, there you have it. Speculation lottery. Let's talk some news. A little bit of news this week. Um, mostly pertaining to pushbacks. From Marvel, we got a couple of pushbacks. Avengers number 31 and New Mutants number 7 are going to be delayed one week. Uh, so, yeah, not a big deal, but that's. Yeah, um, uh, I, I don't know why. Doesn't say why. Didn't say why. Uh, my source, I believe it was News Arama on this one. My sources from my news are 99% of the time, News Arama cbr.com or outrightgeekery.com so uh, yeah I could just kind of blanket that whole situation there Uh, another pushback a couple from DC uh, Legion of Superheroes number 4 is going to be delayed 2 weeks and there is a Superman uh, off series that is going to be pushed back just a little bit as well I believe a week or 2 as well um but yeah that's that's the news uh, as far as delays go, so if you know you're counting on the previews dates, yeah, it's not always the case. Sometimes you have to come to the Cheers to Comics podcast and catch the news to see that, hey, the previous thing that is mass printed and so many people rely on is wrong, but Brian's here to correct us, so uh, yeah, bam, you're welcome, uh, the boys. Let's talk some boys. This is fucking news. This is what the news segment is about. These are the things that I look forward to when I'm searching for the news. Um, The boys. The boys, the boys, the boys, the boys. The boys is the best thing to happen to Amazon. Uh, The boys is the best thing to possibly happen to superhero TV. I can say that I haven't seen The Watchmen yet, but the fact is is the boys the, the the popularity of the boys and it being just um, I, no one I've, I've never on the internet I've looked for people to say how bad the boys were you can't find it look for an article of somebody shitting on the boys um, at least I couldn't at the time and granted I did watch it within the first week uh, twice <laughs> the fact is is that the the series has become... The comic book series has become oh-so-popular once again. Uh, it's, it's hard to find back issues now. Prices are spiking. Speculators that have held on to this book are making money hand over fist. They're printing omnibuses of it now, and you can't keep them on the fucking shelves. So a light bulb went off. And... Uh, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson say hey I like money and they're gonna cash in and we're gonna get a fucking boys prequel yo Whew, and it's gonna be called The Boys Dear Becky and it's set for fucking April April. April's just like fucking right there it's like three zits away that's it fucking oh guys this is huge this is so big um. It. Mm, this book's gonna sell out fast. Pre-order it while you can. Uh, I. Ugh, this is. Whew, that's news. That's news. That's the type of note that I like to end the news on. Um. I'm. I'm ready to talk comic books at this point in time. I've got. Uh. You know. I've. I've got a hunk. I've got a hunk of books to talk about here. I'm not gonna lie. So buckle up. Uh, we're going to start out with DC. DC came hard and fucking heavy this week, man. Really did. There's, oof. And I'm going to start out with Batman. I'm just going to boom. Just fucking no Vaseline. Just Batman. This is how we're going to do it. Batman number 87, six, seven, six, 86. 7. Uh, 86. Nope. 87. I wrote it down in one note wrong and right in the other. This is Batman number 87. Uh <laughs> James Tinian the Fourth, Gillam March, and Tom Almoray, covered by Tony S. Daniel. I'm gonna preface by saying um, I I wasn't sure what I, how much I was gonna like Batman uh, when I found out Tinian was gonna take over. And then eighty six was cool. It was. It was it it wasn't what I was expecting, and honestly I was expecting the worst. And I have nothing against Tinian. Uh, it's just his particular writing style, as good as it is, it's not bad. It just doesn't fit me, only because I, I've i been known to sit down and read 8, 10, 12 books at once, and Tinian is a very dense read sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. He really likes to show off his ability to uh, know words good. So, uh, Um, with that being said, I was skeptical, because Batman, you know, he could be someone that, despite him being a man of few words, could have a whole dense story being told about him. That's not really what's going on in Tinian's run. It's, I would say it's pretty smooth. It's not nearly as light in dialogue as King's run was by any fucking means. I mean, there's... I think my favorite issue of Batman ever... That was written by Tom King. Uh, issue 57. Um... Oh, fuck. Maybe... Maybe less than four. I, I would bet less than 40 words total... Throughout the 20 pages. And I know people were outraged... And thought they got ripped off. I don't believe that to be true at all. But my, my point is is that you can, you can... I found it ironic that we go from... Maybe the lightest dialogue writer... DC to the densest dialogue writer at DC, next to maybe Grant Morrison. And, um, yeah, well, Tinian's keeping it an even ground to the point where after getting through issue number 87, um, I'm here for Batman still and I'm loving this new fucking arc. So let's talk about this new fucking arc. This first, this first issue here, or this, sorry, this first page starts out with, Now, the Riddler, he's calling up the old Penguin on the phone. Now, if you know me and my podcast here, you know that the Penguin is my boy. Uh, He's my favorite DC villain, my second favorite villain of all time, so naturally, I'm in. Uh, I do have to say that uh, when you go, when, there's no if about it, when you go pick this book up, and and you take a look at the way Penguin is drawn, I don't think I've ever seen him look more terrifying. And I gotta give credit to Gilliam March on here. Uh, there's, there's times throughout this book where the art, uh, it's, it's off-putting. And it's, it's done in a purposeful way, I believe. It's gotta it's got be on purpose. But everybody is just exaggeratedly grotesque, I believe. And it, it, But at the same time, I say exaggerated but not overdone either, if that makes sense. A perfect fucking balance, once again. Uh, Back to the story, sorry, I'm really gushing about this book because it's... I didn't expect to be into it this much. Uh, So the Riddler, he's calling up the Penguin saying, hey, Deathstroke and all of those new first appearance characters in that last one, they're in this max security uh, prison now below the new police headquarters. And uh, Batman, he's he's he took care of him real quick and fast. And I think you, Penguin, should be watching your shit. And the Penguin says, in the most gangster of fashions. So, Bravo, Tinian, for writing the Penguin like he should be, and that would be being the most gangster motherfucker in DC Comics. Um, and so he says, you know what? Yeah, I fucking knew all this, you idiot, you idiot, stupid Riddler, idiot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I'm, uh, what makes you think I'm not, I'm not ahead of this whole thing? And then, boom, fade to the next scene. So that's just, like, the, the preface of the fucking story. And, yeah, we'll finish off on that in a second. Meanwhile, Batman and Catwoman, they're after whoever the suspect could potentially be that's out trying to replace the blueprints to, uh, the, the Wayne rebuild. And uh, that's something that Tinian uh, introduced in the last issue. Wayne has this whole, "I want to make Gotham fancy, good, and not shitty." And yeah, we need all all the money from all the trillionaires in the world. I don't even. I don't have enough to make this happen. And yeah, well, somehow the blueprints got swiped out for some shitty ones, and Batman and Catwoman are on it. Uh, Well. We, at the same time, we we just kind of, uh, I don't want to say shoehorned, but they, they do a good job of just revealing, hey, you know, if if you've been following DC Comics at all, you know that Commissioner Gordon, he's kind of out of commission, good and, and yeah, because of the kind of the whole Batman who laughs shit that's going on in Batman, Superman, and all of that, so we need the commissioner, and Harvey Bullock is now the commissioner, and that makes things real interesting when you got a Batman and the Bullock working together, and they are kind of working together. And, and and it's not great. It's it's not, mm, but it's cordial. Let's put it that way. Um. So Batman, he makes his. He, he, at this point, he's questioning the prisoners, um, that that he just detained. You know, the stroke and the, the the fuck I forgot their goddamn names the guy with the, uh, what's his name, not Mr. Grin, but, oh shit, he's got, eh, he's a smile, he's got, I don't know, (laughs) something along those lines, but really the one that he's most interested in is Cheshire, and when he goes to interrogate Cheshire in her maximum security super containment cell, that there's, for whatever reason, only nine holding cells, but that's, apparently that's the most that they'll ever need at <laughs> once. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's that's going to come into play at some point in time. Uh, but, uh... So, yes. Cheshire's getting... interrogated. And Batman realizes, hey, bitch, you're made out of clay. And am not saying she's Clayface, but he realizes this is a clay body double. And that means that Cheshire is out and about fucking around. So it's Batman off to the rescue... Fuck all you other motherfuckers in the, uh, the thing. I'm gonna interrogate you later. I'm gonna get in this new night climber that I uh, just had Lucius build up for me, and I'm gonna track Cheshire down. Meanwhile, Deathstroke is kind of—he's uh, uh, he's, given Bullock the whole, mm, uh, yeah, I may be locked up, but this is all part of my plan. Treatment thing, the weird, you know, the the villainous monologue type of situation. Well. Bullock's not having it. Doesn't matter. Deathstroke was right. He breaks free. Bam, everything's all fucked up. Penguin shows up, though. And, it, you you know, for a second, I thought, oh, shit, maybe Penguin's the one busting out all Slade. That's not the case at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, Penguin's there to fuck up Slade's plan. Boom. He wants these blueprints himself bam Penguin's a motherfucking gangster and you know what James Tinian you know what James Tinian you know what James Tinian the fourth you sir if you are listening I hope you're listening mm, you, you you're you're the Batman writer now I could I could say that uh, yes that's obviously fact but uh, I, I, I could say that proudly James Tinian the fourth is writing Batman right now this is good the uh, this is really 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 good stuff I, I know that I went on on this. For a long time but I think it was well deserved um, so let's let's just continue on here <laughs> more DC comics uh, what what's next Batman Superman number six Joshua Williamson David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez covered by Marquez and Sanchez I could actually go through this one real quick um, uh, I, uh, I hate to say it but I kind of think this issue or this series kind of took a dip Towards the end, started out super strong, got stronger, then it got stronger, and then just whoop, roller coaster down a little bit. But uh, it, it, I guess the thing I can take out of this series is that Joshua Williamson is able to uh, write issues that I can enjoy. Um, you know, it's, that's I like that. I like to hear that. It's not something I could, I, I, I never thought I'd be able to say, but. Alright, what's going on in this is Batman and Superman, they're out searching for Wonder Woman after this whole infected aftermath, and yeah, uh, everything's fucked, everything's fucked, Gordon's all locked up, and um, yeah, they're out searching for a cure, and he's, he's just, he's being a little cunt, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, She's out searching for Donna Troy cuz she got all fucked up and yeah, she feels bad that Donna Troy got involved and that's a whole thing. Apparently that's that's explained more in the 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 her one-shot that came out, but I didn't read that, so you know. Um <laughs> I think really the big takeaway here is the final page, which is kind of out of left field to be honest. It's Zod uh Meeting up with Raja Ghul in the Lazarus Pits, and they're fixing to have a little disagreement. So, uh, yeah, that's that's Batman Superman number six. That's over now. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that's gonna spark some stuff, but yeah, uh, that's. Fuck, I'm ashamed to say I'm kind of a little disappointed. I know it's gonna mean something more in the end, but oh, I just started out so strong. Oh well, shazam. Shazam number ten. Jeff Johns, Dale Eaglesham, Scott Collins, and Michael Oteyeha covered by Eaglesham and Atea. Oh yeah, I'm loving me some some Shazam. Hold on, some Shazam, right now. Uh Jesus, Brian, I think I'm overexcited now. King Kid, that little fucker, he's in our world, uh, and but in, in Philadelphia. Uh, so he's in Philadelphia, and he's he's fucking shit up, you know, you fuck shit up in my place, so I'm gonna fuck shit up in your place, and the champions, they go and they attack, so it's Shazam and the kids and his daddy, and they're fucking up, you know, King Kid, and, you know, once they kind of, they finally get him down, and really, uh, it's Mr. Batson, that he, he tries to play this angle where he says, hey, you know, maybe... Uh, you're 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 sad because your parents are just dicks. Well, what if what if we we as like kind of older people, adults treated you like parents and we weren't dicks? Would that make you feel better? And you kind of get this stuff uh, for a moment, where you're like, oh, King kid's gonna be good. He's like, no, nah, I just want to go home, motherfucker. Fuck you, fuck adults. I just want to go back to my shit Peace. You got me. Okay, you win. That's it. So, uh, well, yeah. Uh bye bye. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Mine and Doctor Svetlana are opening the door to the Monsterlands. That's a big deal. That's kinda of been their their end game the whole time. So they get into the Monsterlands and then they realize that, well this this isn't what it used to be. The Monster Lands, which is now a prison, used to be this god realm, and it was this beautiful sanctuarious type of land and yeah, well, that's not the that's not the case anymore. Um, so, yeah, anybody that defied the council gets sent to the Monsterlands and sucks to be them. Well, when they, uh, they when I say they, I mean Mr. Mine and Dr. Svetlana get in there, they, uh, well, yeah, that's, they just they, just kind of leave it at that. They, they reveal, like, this is what it used to be. We'll get to that story in the next issue. Meanwhile, we get to the real meat of the whole thing, and if you think that the, um, opening the doors to the Monsterlands isn't the, the meat of the whole thing, uh, <laughs> we get a real fuck you. And that that fuck you being towards Mr. Batson and by a certain Grand Wizard um, who is being held up in the Batson family house, because <laughs> that's what you do. Well, he's he's kind of acting all shady, and he suddenly takes back the power of Mr. Batson that was just given to him. And he's, mm, he's all strong and zapawa now. And, well, that's a real fucking dick move. Makes me wonder, is the wizard bad? Don't let the wizard be bad. We can't have the wizard be bad. That's, whew, that's Billy's friend, yo. Yeah? That's Billy's friend. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh Superman. Superman number 19, Brian Michael Bendis, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, Danny Mickey, uh, Julio Ferreria, Eau oh, Claire Albert, and Alex Sinclair. was—it's a lot of people. And then on the cover, we have uh, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, and Alex Sinclair. Um... I didn't read issue number 18 only because I figure I didn't have to because the main takeaway in that is Superman reveals his identity. And you just have to know that going into 19. What's going on here is now that, yeah, Superman, he's he's revealed. He's Clark Kent. He's Superman he's Superman the journalist. Clark Kent the hero. Uh, yeah, well, the, he's, he's at the Daily Planet and his old boss, he's he's... Uh, kind of says, look, dude, you aren't what you said you were. Sorry, I'm gonna have to fire you. And he says, well, sir, I guess I understand. Gee golly. And he says, you know what? Um, you're Superman and Clark Kent, right? And he said, yeah. He says, oh, okay, do you want a job? Because, you know, now you're being honest. And he hires him right back. And then Superman's accepted, and Blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, Mongols in space fucking up this, uh, the Tamarian the people, and Superman shows up, and apparently Mongol fucks them up pretty good, and yeah. So that's, uh, that's Superman number 19. I don't know how long this identity reveal is gonna last. I don't, um, but I would imagine there's gonna be some sort of big whoopsie doodle here soon, um. A uh, new 52 type of scenario because that's a big deal. That's that's a really big deal to reveal Superman's identity and um, instantly we're not really playing into that. It's just everyone's just cool with it. Like it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna keep reading Superman. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm just uh I don't understand that move. Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond number tr- forty. Dan Jurgens, Sean Chen, Sean Parsons, and Chris Sotomayor, and Lee Weeks on the cover. All right, this is a big issue, as I said in the speculation lottery. Um, uh, Constance, the the little street rat, the the forgetful. Terry McGinnis has stumbled upon Constance has uh, ties to uh, both Blight being an ex-lover and Terry McGinnis uh, on according to her daddy or his daddy fucked over her research back in the day. So she's got a grudge against Terry and uh, Blight wants her back and he needs a body because he's dying and she says, you know what, I got just the guy. He don't remember shit, let's use Terry's body. And... Yeah, so we're touching on that a little bit, but really the big takeaway from all of this is all the the, the the, shit that's going down in Neo-Gotham. Batwoman, yes, she escaped Blight, and she's out responding to emergencies, and these emergencies being that of a, a devourer. And these devourers, are, it's, it's a device that's able to just swallow masses of, you know bits of cities and shit. It's it's a big deal. It swallows buildings and it, it'll, it'll fuck some people up in no time. So she's out, she responds to one, she takes care of it, but then uh, uh, there's there's another one, and uh, this one just so happens to be at Wayne Manor. And Batwoman, she responds, and when she responds there's another character that shows up in his little motorcycle. And when he shows up, it, it freaks Batwoman. Really justifying all the, the the thoughts as to who this potential Batwoman could could be, um, you know. And you see her reaction. She said, and you know, the, her entire time, her inner dialogue is, "Oh, I can't be around this guy. Not. Oh no. There's no way I could. Uh, not. No. No. Not. Not this guy." <laughs> she takes off, and when she does, she's she's having an inner dialogue in her head about how uh, she, she's not ready to face her father and let him know what's going on revealing that this is in fact disc- Dick Grayson's daughter um, yeah um, fuck for whatever reason I didn't write down her name that's my bad I'll have that for you on the next one I promise but yeah Dick's daughter Neo Batwoman big deal uh, <laughs> and I, I think this character lives on I do. And I got to say, I really got to say, I like old Dick fighting. That was pretty cool of him to step up the way he did. And he didn't know that was his daughter by any means. As a matter of fact, he's actually going on to uh, to, to Bruce Wayne saying, hey, have you seen my daughter? That bitch is missing, and I'm worried like a motherfucker. So, yeah, that's uh, oh, the twisties and the turnsies. That's DC Comics, man. That's That was good shit. Very good shit this week, and by no means do I mean that the word shit to be negative. I'm gonna talk indies now. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna finish off a series that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about. Uh, let's see here. Count Crowley, number four. David Dasmalkin, Lucas Kettner, and Lauren Affe on the colors. Lucas Kettner did the cover. Count Crowley, number four. Uh, I've, I've, this is, the last part of the the first part, or the first four-part miniseries, uh, based off my conversation on a creator corner a few issues back with Lucas Ketner, uh, it was you know determined. That there's lots of plans for for old uh, Jerry here, so you know buy these books. Make sure make sure that it continues on because I'm I'm this, this character's got some uh, got some traction to her. So what's going on here is Jerry at this point, she's just kind of coping, you know, she's trying to get it through, her, you know, and no one's going to believe all the crazy shit that just happened, I'm going to start going to to AA meetings and all this other shit, and yeah, well, she gets, she has this trigger, and this trigger being, uh, she sees this, this Mike fellow, and this Mike fellow happens to be this former co-anchor, and this former co-anchor, you know, she was on top... The fact is, she was on top of her game. She was, you know, a new, an anchor. Um, and, well, this, this fuckhead sexually assaulted her, and it kind of sent her into a, a stump... Or a stump? A slump. That, you know, essentially led to her alcoholism and the loss of her job and having to take other shitty jobs and being a Count Crowley on a public Access channel and all of that bullshit. So, uh, yeah. It's... Um, she... Makes her, I guess it re- rejuvenates her, and brings the life back into her, and she goes back to old Belo, Belo, I can't, I can't say it right. the, the, the former uh, Count Crowley, and says, all right, motherfucker, tell me what you know, and he says, all right, these, these Belatombias are these psychic slaves, and this is what we've been going around, and, uh, yeah, that, that, that's what's been fucked. So there's something bigger behind all of this, and yeah, you just gotta take out the thing that's, that's psychically slaving all of these motherfuckers, and, uh, I guess the, the, the Billitombia, they're they're just gonna call them Billys throughout the rest of the thing, that's, that's just short for, yeah, and I, I, like that, that's cool, just Billy, but, uh, so, and he says, look, here's a big sharp axe, go, go fuck him up, and her first thought is, well, I have a feeling they're gonna be going after Ben, my boss, and, uh, you know, and it's not just shoehorned in there. They 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 go through and they explain all of this. I'm just kind of giving you the gist of all this. I'm still want to give you a reason to read the fucking comic. Buy the book. Buy the book. Support indie comics. <laughs> but uh um yeah, so when she goes through and she fucks up the goddamn the the the, the, the puppet master thingy. Um, I'm using all the wrong words here, but you get the idea. The boss. <laughs> not her boss, but the boss of the bad guys. Fuck, I'm making this confusing. Um, her boss, then, uh, (laughs) really, I don't think this has been revealed yet, and this is a surprise to me, but the whole time has been her brother, and, yeah, that's kind of where you understand the, the line of, uh, you know, I... Uh, I can't I can't let you go, but at the same time, I you know I still gotta keep a distance, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that, that explains that whole chemistry. So I would like to think that in the next arc we get more of them two teaming up together. Because I do like both characters. I think they got a cool dynamic together, especially knowing now that they have that brother and sister bond going. Um, but essentially what it comes down to is Count Crowley saves the day. She gets her job back because she convinces her brother Ben that she's been going to the AA meeting. She shows him the chip and all of that shit. Uh, but we get the setup here for the potential next arc, and that revolves around an AA meeting, and one of those group members being a dog killer is kind of mentioned. And I have question marks in my notes around there. Uh, my guess is uh, werewolves, maybe? No? Yeah? I don't know. Uh, I, I I dug this series. It's, it's cool to see uh, an actor throw down in comics for the first time and do it well, and then an amazing young artist like Lucas and uh, a colorist like Lauren Affe come through and just fucking create visual brilliance. So, bam. We're going to talk Boom Studios now. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 47. Ryan Peratt, Daniel DeNicuolo, and Walter Biamonte covered by Jamal Campbell. There's quite a bit going on in this. Uh, so, buckle up. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm actually thankful to say that I can talk about Power Rangers now. Because I've read it. Excuse me, i read enough. Granted, there are, I guess I, I have missed a couple of issues, and there's a couple of things in here. I was like, well, what the fuck? I thought she was a good guy. Um, but you just kind of realize, well, obviously something happened in an issue that you missed. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zach and Trini. They're being confronted by the team for being Omega Rangers. Yeah, so that was something that I missed. <laughs> they're saying, uh, you know, that's, that's not cool, bro. It's not cool, and we've replaced you, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, meanwhile, you know, um, Goldar, right on cue, attacks Angel Grove, Rangers gotta bounce out, Zach and Trini stay behind, because, you know, they have their Rangers now, and, uh, yeah, so it's the the Rangers versus Goldar, and Beast Bus, and Murder, murder Cycles, <laughs> down at Angel Grove, meanwhile, Zach and Trini are chilling with, um, uh, God damn it, uh, Zordon, and saying, look, uh, the thing is, is we know the, the fucking, um, Kaya killing the emissary thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Kaya apparently killed the emissary. Mind blown. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we th- we think our our new friend Z here, this is just kind of this robot creature thingy, um, knows where Kaya's going next, so that's, that's where we want to go. Well... It's kind of tough getting, uh, you know, it's going to be tough getting the rest of the team to back her, and yeah, so, and you know, that's acknowledged. Meanwhile, back at the fight, uh, the Rangers win by way of Tommy smashing Goldar's staff, so fuck you, Goldar, again, and uh, yeah, so they, they they defeat that little fucking thing. That's just, you know, a typical Power Rangers fight and never usually last more than a couple of pages, and it's... Fucking awesome, <laughs> just like the show was. It was brilliant. <laughs> but um, uh, back at back at the base, uh, it's it's Trini asking for help, and then you know no one really wants to do it except for the the new Rangers that really replace Zack and Trini. So they say, you know, what, I'll fucking go with you. Let's do this. Or um, not yeah. Um, while all this is going on, keep in mind Jason is in a coma. Once again, something that has been missed, but that's a thing. He wakes up from this coma, and at the same time, uh, there's there's a notice of a disturbance in in space somewhere. So we got to go fuck some shit up in space. So explains a lot here, setting up a lot. And you know what? For missing an issue, I think I fell right into it. I I I I, I get what I missed, and um yeah, this is good stuff. I'm really loving Mighty Morphin Power Rangers quite a bit. I think Perat's doing a great Great job with this with this team, and if you're a, a child of the '90s like myself, then you know you're obviously going to have some sort of love and interest and nostalgia for this Rangers, the the Power Rangers. is What I mean to say, oh boy, <laughs> Image Comics, Middle West number fourteen, Scotty Young, Jorge Corona, Jean Francois Buel, and covered by Jorge Corona. So. Oh man, we're on raider farms. People are doing their jobs. It's time to to call it in. As people are called in, one of the workers he there's an accident, and that accident leads to him being engulfed in flames. And really, everybody's just standing around. Yes, uh, it's not in any of the kids' interest at all to save a worker. These guys are fucking cucks, and yeah, you know, why would you save the guys that are assholes? Uh, unless you're unless you're all able, able, and his. Conflicted heart. He starts kind of getting all windy for a second, and his friends say, "Not here, dude. You'll fuck everything up." But he he still goes through, and he's able to, to douse the flames. And this this guy comes out fucked up, but alive, and that gets some attention. But it's not really tended to quite yet. You know, it's all right. Everybody, wrap it up. Go back to the thing. Your to your little whatever. And uh, yeah, fucking this is it. So as they get back to their little bunkers, if you will, we we start getting more into the the storylines of these kids and these characters and how they got there and their 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 latchkey kid types of stories. But there's really one one kid in particular, new kid that we want to focus on, and that's a team leader by the name of Junie. And you know I think the only reason I feel like we need to focus on her more is just because they re- whatever her story is just felt like they really. Drove it in a little bit harder than the rest of them So I, I have a feeling she's gonna mean something bigger, but as they're all getting gathering around telling their little boo-hoos uh, one of the the Raider Workers comes in and says Abel Fucking Raider wants to see you get in there. You're, you're you're and everyone just immediately thinks you yeah, fuck He's he's a goner. He should have never saved that guy. That's not what we're about here We're not about fucking saving people uh, he's he's gonna get punished to death. Well, as he's meeting with Raider, it's quite the opposite. Um, Raider understands that Abel doesn't have any love for this guy at all, but he tries to explain to him. Look, yeah, I know it kind of seems like slavery here, but all these kids, they, they were all just found. It's not like I abducted them from their homes. They're, they're 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 getting three meals a day, which for a lot of cases is three meals a day more than a lot of most of them are getting. So this is a good thing. They just got to earn their keep. And there's, there's ways to, to be more than just a, a, a pawn here, like the position I'm going to offer you, and that position being you want to be a group leader. And he's reluctant at first, but he ends up taking it, and you think, oh, shit, maybe Raider's not a bad guy after all, and maybe, maybe Abel's having a change of heart. Maybe we could get a cool dynamic here. This could be fun. I think it'd be cool to have a different uh antagonist in here, you know, cuz I know this is probably going to sound really dickheadish on my part, but I liked Raider for whatever reason. I know he fucked up that kid right off the bat, but I don't know. I'm part of me says fucking make a statement right off the bat, too, you know? And, and I don't know. Maybe the kid fucking deserved it. He was an idiot for running. So, yeah, no he fucking deserved it. So, yeah, I'm with Raider and uh you know especially after his little explanation about how he's bringing these kids in so i don't know not, i'm not 100% with raider i'm not about slavery don't get me <laughs> but i feel like he's doing an okay thing with these kids to an extent especially you know once you see hey you can move up you can be better and you know there's benefits to being a group leader for sure it's not just about the power there's 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 perks there's perks, and Abel says, okay, I accept. And you think, like, all right, turning a leaf. Maybe, like I said, friendship. Gets back to the, the bunker, and everyone says, oh, shit, we thought you were a goner, dude. And, he's, uh, and you know, he says, I'm a group leader now. And they're like, you're a fucking traitor. And he says, bitch, I'm going to use this motherfucking shit to get out of here. What? So, yeah. Oh, huh. huh. interesting, huh? So interesting. I'm in it. I'm in it for sure. I still think Middle West is one of the greatest things at Image Comics. Uh, written by a drawer. <laughs> Web of Venom. We're talking We're talking Marvel now. Web of Venom, The Good Son, number one, Zach Thompson, um, Dio Nevis. Uh, fuck. God damn it. Orin Jr. and Rain Barreto. Sorry about that. Philip Tan and J. David Ramos did the cover. So what's going on here? This is following Dylan and Normie. Uh, Eddie has them staying at Harry's as he's off doing Venom Island stuff. See Venom Island stuff. Um, so at this point, you know D- Dylan's got some secrets. He's trying to to share with Normie. The biggest one being, hey, you know, I I have a little piece of that Carnage symbiote here, and it turns out I could tell it what to do with my brain and he's really showing that off and he uh, he uses it to to take off these trackers and yes these kids have trackers on them placed on them by by harry for their protection and, uh, and so, you know let's, let's get the fuck out of here let's go let's go be some children out here and uh, mm, Dylan's not really being all very childish. He's uh, immediately decides he's going to really see what the fuck he could do with this little symbiote thing. And his, his first mission is to uh, bond it to a raccoon, go into a convenience store, torture a convenience store clerk, and then, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Uh, mm, uh, Normie's not having it. When they get back to the house and everything, he realizes that maybe there's something more to Dylan, and it's kind of scaring him at this point. He's really reluctant, and eventually, it it kind of over a small bit of time. It really it leads to a physical altercation between the two of them, and that leads to them falling out of a window. Thankfully, Sleeper, who's in cat form, mind you, uh, jumps out the window, saves the two, says enough of this bullshit, and yeah, kind of scolds them and, yeah, there you go, uh, <laughs> uh the two, at this point, they, they agree to disagree, they say, look, we're in this, we're in this situ- certain situation, can't really talk about it, it's in our best interest to still keep this shit to ourselves, we're not gonna be friends, though, so, yeah, deal with it, and, uh, that's, uh, that's that there, um, and once the kids go to sleep, Noel is all up in Dylan's head, feeding him full of terrible, terrible shit. Sir, so, uh, yeah. You understand some, some, mmm, Bad stuff, man. Bad stuff, but at the same time, good stuff. I'm digging the shit out of it. Keeping it going with Marvel, we have Marauders. Marauders number six. Jerry Duggan, Matteo Loli, uh, Mario De. Panino and Eric Arcianega doing the colors Russell Dalterman and Matthew Wilson did the wonderful beautiful cover All right there's some shit going down in Marauders y'all uh-huh. uh, buckle up I, how many times have I said that this podcast So uh, the marauder is getting invaded by the hominis Verendi and the Hominus Verendi it's kind of a it's, I don't know if it's a group an idea, uh, a faction, what it is, but um, yeah, I, the fact is, is that this this idea is invading the ship, and the physical things that are actually fucking shit up are two characters by the name of Hatemonger and Executioner. Now these are some bad, terrible motherfuckers. One of them, like, XKKK and shit, so, uh, there's, and there's some history with Kate in there between the two, oof. It's, it's, mm, this this issue goes deep. I'm gonna try to spread this out. I can't get into every detail in here, otherwise I'll have another thirty minutes because I could do that with this book. So what's what's going on here is uh, the two the the team is off to answer a distress a distress call set out by Shinobi Shah who has some 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 uh, I guess refugees or whatever and yeah, we're gonna save the mutants and yeah. Well, they're stopped short and. Uh, by this hate monger and executioner so Bishop and Storm they go off so we're gonna go get Shinobi Shaw. we're gonna continue on with that Kate and Iceman and Pyro you stay back here and take care of shit. Um, Iceman in the last issue he got fucked up pretty good so it starts out with him kinda he's down below deck and Kate leaves her, her beloved dragon Lockheed there to uh, protect him while he recovers and gets icy again. Meanwhile it's up to Pyro And Kate above to, you know, fuck shit up. And it's, uh, (laughs) there is a moment where I'll say, I thought for sure Pyro was a goner, and I thought it was really brilliant when uh, Hatemonger goes to stab Kate and she phases, and then you see uh, Pyro go, it burns, and you see the, the, the blade through him. He's perfectly fine after that, so apparently it didn't really affect him that much. I just, I guess that was the joke for him to say, it burns. Um, it was a joke, not a dramatic thing. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, it burns him, this has gotta be fucking crazy. No, that's not what it was, it was a joke. It was a joke! So, <laughs> yeah, uh, good, good Good job, Jerry Duggan. Um, well, you know, it's, uh, in a uh, hate monger and executioner, they end up getting fucked up, in, in their own way. Like I said, I can't go into every single detail. Um, uh, Bishop and Storm, they go off and they they, they get their little mission with uh, um uh, what God damn it Shinobi Shaw, and they realize the stuff that on his ship or this crazy ar- armor armor that no one could get their hands on it would be terrible. So they decide, well, it's it's a really bad idea to send it to Kokoa because that could you know draw people to Krakoa. So let's just hand it over to Forge and he'll figure it out. Uh, he and he'll research it and figure out what the shit is really about, and uh, yeah. So at this point, I say, okay, let's let's go off. We we got other shit to do. Let's do that. And Kate says, well, I've got my own thing. And they say, you know, the rest uh, the team says, no, come with us. Kate says, no, you guys aren't my babysitter. I've got my own thing. I could take care of myself. I'm a big girl. I got Lockheed here, and yeah, I'm just got a thing I got to do on the Marauder real quick. Uh, we'll be right back. And, yeah, so she's on the Marauder all by herself, her and Lockheed, and oh man, uh, Sebastian Shaw shows up, and Sebastian Shaw, <sighs> well he he turns on Kate, and uh, oh fuck guys, it gets bad. First thing he does is he he nets Lockheed, throws him in the fucking water. Lockheed that goes down to drown. Bye bye. No, here Lockheed's not a mutant. Lockheed's a fucking dragon, so there's no bringing back Lockheed. Uh, Meanwhile, Kate, she is under—you know, she's she she's in this position to where she can't face through. She's contained. It's just a whole. Shaw explains it. He says, "Oh, this is this technology that allows me to do this to you." And she says, "You can kill me. I'll come back." And he says, "You know what? That's not the case." Uh, you know how you can't go through the portals and everything, there's something odd about you for whatever reason? You know how all these all these other mutants are really dead-set determined to be surrounded by you and protect you with everything, like you're something special? Well, it's because you can't be brought back. Um, and uh, you're gonna fucking die now. And I can't be having you as the Red Queen. I need something better. So, yeah. That's it fucking, we have our first, oh god, damn, Sebastian Shaw, a mutiny, a mutiny, this is, ugh, fuck, this is a big deal, uh, man, I can't wait to see how they bring Kate back, I really can't, I, I hope it's not a, whoopsie doodle, just shoehorned it in, I, ugh, but knowing and Jerry Duggan, I have a feeling it's gonna be absolutely fucking brilliant, um, let's, let's talk the last book of overviews this week. The last one, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, Al Ewing, Juan Cabal, Federico Bli. Covered by Pepe La Raz and Marte Garcia. Alright. Donny Cates has handed over the Guardians to uh, really Marvel's other golden boy right now, being Al Ewing. And you know, this is a this is this is a cool first issue. It's definitely a setup book, that's for sure. Um, it starts out with your kind of uh, almost Fast and the Furious type of family barbecue, <laughs> and uh, they're all trying to, you know, they come to the grips that we're not just a team, we're a family, family. and well, yeah, uh, as they're sitting there being a family, family. and barbecuing and having the the, the, the weird uh, skinned chicken. You, you, just read the book. You'll figure it out. Nova arrives, and guess what? He needs help. <laughs> These Olympian gods are showing up, and they're about to fuck shit up, and Gamora says, you know what? We're not some suicide unit that could just be dispatched you know, for missions and whatever. We're trying to be a family, and even Rocket, you know? He's kind of turned a new leaf. He's healthy again, by the way. He went through this, like, three-week-long surgery to... Uh, fix his organs and whatnot and make him a, a real raccoon. So, yeah, he's cool now. And, you know, apparently his brain's all not as dicky and whatnot. And, uh, well, you know, it's... Uh, Gamora doesn't want to do it, but it seems that Rocket and Star-Lord, they go off on this mission anyways. You say, you know what? I'm fucking, we're, we're gonna go do this, and I think Phylavel and Moondragon, they, they, they go as well. And they meet up with Marvel Boy. Now, this is actually something that... I don't know if this is a first appearance or not. But I think Marvel Boy... I mean, this is... Well, I mean, he becomes a Guardian of the Galaxy. We're, we're, we're forming this new team. This is not the, the team it used to be. It doesn't look like the Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be... Uh, fucking Groot and Drax and Gamora. It's, it's looking like it's going to be Nova, Marvel, Marvel Boy, Moon Moondragon, Rocket, and Star-Lord. So fucking okay with that, and uh, the the idea behind this is is that uh, you know a, a lot of these other characters, the other potential members that could be, due to the events that have taken place in uh, Annihilus Scourge, uh, they're they're unavailable. So it's it, this is the team. This is what we got to do to face down these Olympian gods. Well, the Olympian gods show up as advertised. They're fucking each other up and. Um, you know, the, there's the, the teams are kind of split. They're off doing their own things. As it's, it's like I said, you got to kind of read it yourself. I can't dissect it piece for piece. Really, the big takeaway out of all this is, uh, um, these these Olympian gods are super fucking powered, um, and very much alive now. And the one that shows up to help when and, you know it's not seeming so great for the Guardians is Hercules. <laughs> so he's there to f- help. Against his, his Olympian family. And you know what? If Hercules becomes a guardian of the galaxy, I am so fucking on board with this. Make Hercules a thing again. I fucking love this character so much. He's so underused. Uh, I'm, and if there's anybody that could do it, it's Al Ewing. There's no doubt about Al uh, I, I Actually, I think some of the best Hercules I've read came from Al Ewing. I, and that was in that No Road Home, I believe. I believe. I don't think I'm wrong could be don't think i am but uh yeah you know what that that does it that's the overviews um it was there was a stack this week that's for sure that's for sure and there isn't a whole another half of the stack that i'm gonna get to here in just a moment but first i'm gonna leave you on a little break i'll be back in just a second stay tuned for honorable mentions wall books top picks and more Hey, this is 10M. Padawan Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts. Links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome back. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up with the last little bit, the last leg of this. This is really. Uh, let's talk. Well, you know, fucking talk goddamn honorable mentions. Uh, there is a big stack of honorable mentions this week, but like I say, and have said in the past, and will continue to say for any new listeners out there that happen to stumble upon this podcast, uh, an honorable mention is not a bad thing. Uh, doesn't, it's not a negative indication of anything. It's, there's, there's several reasons, and as I go through this, you'll, you'll find out what these potential reasons could be for not making an overview. So, with that being said, let's just get on with it. Uh, first honorable mention is going to come from DC. We got a black label book. We got Batman curse of the white knight I know there's probably a few listeners out there that are just appalled that I'm not talking about this book But this is going to be a trade negotiation uh, At least that's the plan. That's the plan uh, But I want to go through and read all seven issues in binge mode and get a proper Proper overview here because I find that you know after I read the first two issues I was like oh, I, I, I gotta read it all at once. I'm not gonna remember any of this stuff so bam um, You're the Villain, Hello, Arisen number 2. So this is kind of wrapping up the whole You're the Villain, Infected, everything. And uh I'm going to read all four issues in binge mode again. Um just just so I have the whole story at once. And uh yeah, it's James Tinney in the fourth right in that one. I've I've praised him a little bit this podcast fuck for like 10 minutes straight. Um, from IDW, we have I Can Sell You a Body, number two I'm still absolutely fascinated with this concept um, the majority of this story was kind of lovey-dovey, and I have a hard time with that, not that it was done poorly by any means, that's just not my flavor of book is all <clears throat> sorry, but um yeah, in the long run, there's a there's a gnarly twist in the end that involves uh, a bank robbery that no one saw coming, <laughs> <laughs> fucking love's crazy, huh? Uh, I'm still on board with this book. I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, American Jesus, The New Messiah, issue number two. I fucking love this book. I, I really do. Um, why it didn't make the the overviews, now that I think about it, is actually... I guess there really isn't a good reason. I enjoyed the shit out of this book. It's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, yeah, let read it. Just read it. I th- I, th- I think it's just it was a speedy read, is what it was. Uh, Once in future number six, you know what? Uh, I I did have a lot of books to read, and there were a couple of th- times where I just had to make a cut for time constraints. And I never thought that I would be cutting the final issue of this. Um, I, I I I've enjoyed this series throughout, but I think over the last couple, uh, the excitement level has just dipped a little bit for me. So I, I will um, I will get to this issue eventually. It just unfortunately I didn't get to talk about the the ongoings within the podcast. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Urban Legends number twenty one. Uh, yeah, this is a series that, you know, happened back in the day. It was supposed to be 30, cut off at 24, um, but now it's being retold, and in color, and eventually once we get to that 24, it's gonna be all new story that we've never seen before, so in the meantime, we're getting a retelling in color, so it's not completely old content. But, I found it to be feasible to just have that collection for whatever reason. You know, I've read a few issues here and there, but, uh, um, yeah, this is more just to have, is all. We got the visitor number two from Valiant Comics. I'm gonna. This is a four-parter that I'm gonna just kind of read all on my own. Um, based off what I've read in Valiant lately, by the way, um, I did get to just read the fucking uh, advanced review copy of Quantum and Woody. Whew Can't wait to talk about that with you guys. Shout out to Valiant, baby. But uh, yeah, no, this is another Valiant book. I'm, I'm just curious about. I didn't read the first one, but I've, you know, I've had it on my pull list. It's only four issues. I'm gonna get to it. Uh, we've got a Pledge Allegiance to the Mask, number four. This is another four parter that I just want to binge. You know, it's a rainy day story. I read the first issue and thought, holy fuck, this is scary. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get, once again, I will get to it. I will get to it. It's just, it, it didn't seem like a priority for the podcast, is all. Um, from Marvel, we're still going on with this point of origin from Fantastic Four. So the only reason I'm not talking about this is because this is just a story arc I, I'm skipping. Uh, that, that's all, you know, it, it, I have nothing against it, and it's just, I just wanted to take a break, no big deal, uh, Captain Marvel number 14, um, I, I, I really wish that I would have just read this arc, now I've, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm not mad, uh, yeah, I, this is just a character uh, that I've never been able to enjoy as far as their own ongoing series, no matter who the writer is, I love Kelly Thompson, but I just, I can't get into this book. I can't get into this character, but I happen to know that this arc is very uh, pivotal, or I, I I speculate it to be very pivotal to some the, to the Captain Marvel character and maybe even the rest of the Marvel universe when it's all said and done. Bringing back Vox and whatnot, so I I, I do want this arc in my collection. Plus, I can't get mad at the Mark Brooks cover, Mark Brooks covers, because Mark Brooks, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-eight. I've completely fallen off this book. Um, until I hear about another Spider-Man big happening going on, or a major story arc, or something important uh, to talk about, uh, you know, that's when I'll start reading again. But right now, this is just kind of mediocre at best, is all. Uh, just, every once in a while, there's a banger, but out of 38 issues, I probably count on less than one hand how many times I've absolutely praised the book. So, yeah, it's just, it's just not, my, my, not my Spider-Man, is all. Um, but I can't have a gap in my Spider-Man collection. I refuse. <laughs> I'm a masochist. Excalibur number six. Um, I was told after uh, I got my reading done for the week that this is a pretty dope-ass book. You know, Excalibur was one of the Donabex books that you know I, I'm still collecting it, just like New Mutants. But I, I'm just not reading it anymore. Um I I know that there's important stuff going on especially this particular issue and I will I might just go through and just read this issue and hope that I'm not completely lost but yeah um fucking apocalypse huh <laughs> And oh shit that's that's it for honorable mentions that's it that was a bunch But those are the honorable mentions you know it's by no means a bad thing to be on that list but uh yeah they if I, I if I talked about all of those in depth in overview mode then you guys wouldn't tune into this uh, two and a half hour podcast, is what it comes down to. I know better. You're just not gonna do it. So, um, yeah, that does it for honorable mentions. Let's talk wall books. The pretty shit. This is the stuff that I got. I buy just for the covers. The shelf appeal, baby. Um, I line the walls of Studio Cerebro, and within the walls of Studio Cerebro, with my favorite uh, covers. You know, I put them in some my light. Mm, yeah. Um, the, there's, there's some bangers this week. There's only two, I guess it was more than last week, which was zero, but uh, two amazing, incredible, um, unbelievable wall books. Ugh. The first one being from Detective Comics number 1019. Oh, I do gotta say, that was actually an honorable mention as well. Um, I just, I, I, I read it via the, the, the variant. <laughs> um, just because, yeah, um, I just, I, I guess I just didn't get two this week is all. Um, but the fact is, you know, it was a, it was a cool story. It was just, it was just a two-part arc, and we're gonna lead into something bigger. It was a filler piece, is all. No big deal. But this cover, though, this fucking cover is worth every penny. Brian Azarello kills it, kills it. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, not Brian Azarello. Azz- Libra Mayo, my bad. Libra Mayo. <laughs> yeah, the, the damned dudes. It's an amazing cover. It might be one of the best. Batman covers I've ever seen. Um, and then Francesco matina came out with a Batman and Catwoman cover on the cover of Batman number 87. It's matina baby. It's it's gonna be awesome, and I like seeing. I don't think I've seen him draw Catwoman like this. I dig that quite a bit. I've seen this Batman pose of his a trillion times. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I mean it's not gonna get old. I love it. But Catwoman in the foreground there. Hmm. Fucking awesome, and pay real close attention to those boots, cause that's that shit's proper. That shit's fucking proper. Um, fuck, yeah. Those are the books I have to talk about now. I want to give the proper shout-outs. These are the top acknowledge- acknowledgements. Um, there's there's three major aspects when it comes to to judging a comic, in my opinion. Um, the first one being the cover. And yes, judge a, judge a comic by its cover, because those motherfuckers put in a lot of a lot of work. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the, a lot of times a, a comic or a cover could sell a book that uh, on, maybe it's on a title that someone wouldn't normally buy. So got to give a got to give proper shout outs to the cover. And my cover of the week goes to Detective Comics number 1019. I'm sure my my excitement that I expressed here just a moment ago is no surprise to anybody. But Detective, this fucking Niebermejo is a beast. I watched that, uh, I, oh man, uh, that they, they do draw. I can't wait to look at this cover on my wall. That's for sure. Uh, the next aspect I like to to give proper kudos to when when flipping through a comic book is 50% of the storytelling, and that being the art. Uh, the art really drives a story, and poor art can can kill a great story. And I gotta give credit where credit's due this week. And, uh, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is just is out, outstanding. You know, Daniel D, D- Nick is overdue for getting this spot for top acknowledgement for artist of the week. Uh, so good, good on you, man. You, you you killed it. These are my rangers. I love the way you draw them, dude. Love the way you fucking draw them. And uh. The overall story of the week, the, the, just the, the whole arc, the, I, I, there was some shit that went down in Marauders is what happened. <laughs> Marauders was fucking gnarly. Uh, the dude, uh, I don't, death, <laughs> Lockheed, Kate, gone. God damn, man. God damn. There's, uh, it, it was really, it was a no brainer. I mean, don't get me wrong. Batman was dope. The, the whole Penguin thing, but it wasn't enough Penguin in there for me to justify giving it the, the, the spot over Jerry Duggan's Marauders because fuck. Uh, yeah, that that does it. that that's that, Those are my proper shout-outs, so good on you. But at the same time, Fucking kudos to everybody I talked to, or talked about, all, all these books. These guys put in fucking work every week, so make sure you support these guys. Stop fucking pirating books, hit a local comic book store, buy these motherfuckers, read them. I don't, I don't talk about everything. It's not everything going on in the books, just a, a rundown to get you excited is all. So, that wraps up this podcast. Slurds, I'd like to remind you to support this here podcast by becoming a patron- Patreon.com/slash/cheers-to-comics. It's super easy. It's so fucking simple, and it does this show a world of good. Um, I, I I really I spend your money wisely. I do. Uh, it's, it's expensive doing this show, you know, this content. I'm not asking you to buy my books by any means. As a matter of fact, there's a tier where I actually send you back books. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but to say, you know, it's, I want to get some editors in here. I want to get some video, you know, the YouTube channel up and rolling again. And I just don't have the time to do that video editing, and i got to pay somebody. You know, and this is, this is where Patreon comes in. So, uh, help that. It's, it's super fucking appreciated. And the other way you could support this podcast, it may seem like nothing, but it really does mean the world. And that's um, iTunes reviews. Uh, Apple podcast reviews are major. Uh, These five-star reviews really climb us in the ranks, makes this show more discoverable, and, I mean, obviously, that's just good. So leave five star reviews and I'll, I'll read them. You know, let me know I and fucking reviewed your shit. I'm like, hey, you want me to re- you want me to read your review and shit? And you will be like, yeah, man, I want you to read read my review and shit. Be like, I'm gonna read your review and shit. So I'll read your review and shit. So yeah, dude, shit, fuck, five stars, man, five stars. Like, you know, let's do that. <laughs> All right, I've I've talked your fucking heads off enough. Um, as always. As always, uh, you can always find the Cheers to Comics podcast on nsclivetv.com. That's No Signal Comics. Uh, this, this fucking site is growing immensely, and we've got major plans for 2020, so just check it out now. Um, Cheers to Comics is channel 34. Uh, there's tons of live auctions. Uh, there's, there's charity stuff going on in there. It's just an all-around comic book fucking ooh, masterpiece. Masterpiece. So, nsclivetv.com the best in auction action baby so that uh, that wraps up this podcast I thank you slurs for tuning in it has been a pleasure losing my voice talking about the things that we love together and that being comic books uh, as always support your local comic book store read responsibly and cheers fuckers <laughs> Two persons, two persons, two